Hi, I'm Mara Webster with In Creative Company, and I'm so excited today to be talking to the wonderful team behind the Netflix series Uncoupled. We are joined today by cast members Neil Patrick Harris, Brooks Ashmanska, Tisha Campbell, Marsha Gay Harden, Emerson Brooks, Tuck Watkins, and creators and showrunners Darren Starr and Jeffrey Richman. So Darren and Jeffrey, I wanted to start off with a question for the two of you because, you know, breakups and and personal growth for anyone is never a a linear situation. And the way that you've written this show really encapsulates that where Michael has moments where he grows and evolves from both positive and negative situations, whether it's a romantic interest or literally getting drunk and falling on his face. Um, But you also allow him to have setbacks along the way as well. And so I was really interested in how you struck out the arc of each episode so that there were always moments that he was growing from but still allowing for those setbacks along the way throughout the season. That's so uh, nice of you to observe that. We began knowing that we each episode was going to be a step in his process of, uh, you know, going through this traumatic event. And even if it was two steps forward where he thinks I've advanced, it was going to be another step back. So it was very um, economic, the breaking of the stories, because we had a task in each episode to advance him in some way. Hmm. Um, And we were very sort of, now it's a week after, now it's three weeks after, now it's a month and a half after. So as he, more time grew, by the end, he really does, you believe, he breathes a sigh of relief. He's he's like, oh, it, it, it literally says it doesn't hurt the same way. And that that was a great gift in terms of breaking stories, knowing that. It was, and and for you, Neil, in playing that arc throughout the season as well, I was interested in in how you approached the the character development process, not just in terms of of building him at the beginning, but but like they were saying just now, you know, in building those little moments of growth and finding where you wanted him to move forward, knowing where you were ultimately going to take him towards the end of the season. Yeah, for me, I, I was. I was very curious about the tone of it all, right? As actors, we perform, there's different directors for different episodes and they have different tonal ideas. And then the editor is going to edit stuff together. So you provide like a buffet of options and then they sort of pick and choose what they want, which is easy-ish to do when you have a singular track because you can give different variations on a theme. But the themes were so radical in Uncoupled and even within a scene, would go from from like very hilarious to like very sad. And I wasn't quite sure like where, where violins gonna be playing when the sadness starts. Is it like a sad <laughs> show where there's funny things? Or is it a funny show where sad things happen? We talked about this a fair amount because I didn't, as a performer, you wanna still like provide. And I and I think at the end of the day, it's it's kind of all of it, like the, the messiness of the tone is is similar to how life works so in process it was it was hard for me because i hadn't lived these experiences but it was easy for me because i'm in remarkably similar circumstances sort of long-term monogamous relationship living in new york um wanting to present myself in a certain way and so for to i i sort of got to live out therapy in my own way for real like not in a 
in a um, hypothetical way, but I actually kind of in a doppelganger way got to see what it feels like to give a speech to someone who no longer loves you when the content of your speech is how much you love them. And that was, I thought, going to be a scary day of insecurity. How do I manifest the emotion? And in, in turn, it was it was very easy to do so, uh, take after take. That's so interesting to hear. And, and Darren, off the, off the back of what Neil was just saying about the tone of the show, I feel like your writing always has such an adeptness at creating this myriad of tones within each scene and, and within each episode of a show. And is that something that you find with the experience that you have, you're very conscious about making sure that you're capturing both the lightheartedness and the darker moments for a character? Is that something that you feel comes much more naturally to you at this point in your career? I mean, I think the the closer you're writing to truth, the more those moments are going to happen. So I think that's when it's you're like, oh, I'm onto something here because you know, I'm the show is sort of containing a lot, and the characters containing a lot of of moments where it can be like, you know, you can be, um, can there's comedy and there's sadness, and it can all kind of like, you know, coexist in the same episode, or you can have a really funny episode where you know he's suddenly um, really kind of like sucker punched at the end at the at the end of the episode and all the gains, the story he felt like he was, all the gains that he was making, basically the, he, you know, realizing that the, that the, you know, we see the pain is still there and it's just not gonna go away so quickly. So I I feel like that's, this, those are also the shows I, I love to watch or the movies I love to see, the ones that have sort of that kind of mixture of tones because they feel, you know, I think they feel the most relatable and the most, like life. And I think that's what Jeffrey and I were after when we were writing this is like how to make it feel very truthful. Yeah. And by, and if it would be truthful, then the emotions would be very universal and it would have the kind of audience that just wouldn't feel like a show that would appeal to, you know, gay men, but would appeal to everybody because everybody can recognize themselves in, in this character. Hmm. Absolutely. And, and Marsha, with, with your character, I wanted to talk a little bit about the juxtaposition of, of real calmness, where she's a woman who is abhorred at the idea that someone was raising their voice in the lobby of her building. And at the same time, the fact that she's also dealing with this manifestation of rage, which is something that she never experienced as part of herself. And then all of a sudden, you know, we see her with a sledgehammer breaking things in her apartment and raising her own voice. Um, and how did you approach kind of finding those two very polar opposite sides of a character in a way that feels incredibly linear to who she is because of everything that she's going through. I felt like the Claire that doesn't raise her voice is a bit of a performance. Mm -hmm. And so part of me had to go, what, what is the Claire mask and what is the Claire truth? And I felt like the life that she'd opted into was a life that asked for performance and for stature and for how do we behave so that all the other neighbors on the Upper East Side like the way that we, are we doing the right thing? Am I wearing the right thing? Is this, isn't this the right label? There's a lot of um, circumscribed type of uh, uh, accessories that she would have to have and be. And so I felt like the part of Claire, when she opened her angry mouth, um, the true Claire was coming out as it often does when you're so bereaved. And I, I love that about her, that it wasn't difficult to align. I, I met a lot of these ladies when I was catering as, you know, as actress cater or wait tables. So I catered for a lot of these ladies and they'd be like, can you please serve the spaghetti French style? And you're thinking, you don't serve spaghetti French style, honey. That's so stupid. It's all, all over the plate. And like, but that's how they wanted it. And so you would do it. And what they had was power. And they were used mm. to having power. So they had this entitlement to use their power. And I thought one of the most interesting things that the boys wrote, and it was really, really subtle, was that Claire doesn't bother to learn her name, Suzanne's name, at the very beginning. And this is this, this 
woman of, of small vision, she just assumes that she would not be a high-powered real estate person. And it's very subtle. But then by the end, you know, she's like literally crazy about you. And so I got to, uh, yeah, besties. <laughs> and I, I got to have that little bit of a turn. But I thought some of the social statements were kind of wonderfully subtle mm -hmm. and also really important because we can learn from them with humor, but we're still learning from them. They're not, we're not trying to pretend like they're not there. And I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, same. And and Tisha, you know, you, you you're playing this character who so richly is so astutely aware of the emotional space of each of the people around mm -hmm. her, and even mm -hmm. the the dynamic of that friendship with Michael. She knows that 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 needs to shift a little bit. That she needs to give him more space. And you know, there's there's moments where she's giving her son more space for something that he's going through. Um, and so I was interested in how that translated into working on scenes with the rest of the cast and the way that you were kind of reading the emotional calibration of their performance for where you're character would land in in particular scenes? Well, for me, you know, I have actually been in a 27, 26 year relationship and was uncoupled. And so I understood the ups, the downs, the, the beginnings where everything, your, your brain, I would always describe as scrambled eggs. I feel like my brain is scrambled eggs because there's so many emotions going through your body. And so for me, as a support system, as a friend, I had a friend like that who just would not give up on me. Uh, and, and that's what I wanted to be for Michael, for Neil's character, for even, you know, watching, you know, Marsha's character for Claire. I, I was I would step back, allow her to be who she was, even though I had an agenda to get that apartment. <laughs> but, but it winded up we winded up discovering so much about ourselves. And, and I always talk about, you know, uncoupling as a beautiful devastation that you're in this devastating situation, but you learn so much from it and you discover oneself. And that's what I think I'm trying to bring to, you know, Neil's character. But, you know, again, you've got to uh, bring it back to Darren and Jeffrey. Like they, it was on the page. Mm -hmm. It was on the page for us to play. Yeah. You know, and, and speaking of, of details on the page to play for you, Brooks, your, your character has such an interesting relationship with himself. There's moments where real insecurities come across. You know, he feels like <laughs> I need to scoop my bagel or I'm not going to find a life partner. And there's all those associations that he has. <laughs> and at the same time, he's incredibly confident in his work in the art world. He's happy to take himself out to dinner at a restaurant in the middle of the city at night on a Friday. Um, and so how did you kind of want to play him in, in honoring both of those sides of, of his relationship with himself and his self-confidence in both being very true to who he is? Well, I think uh, with with any part you want to bring, first of all, I'm usually asked to bring obviously my physique to it and uh, my beautiful body. And so I uh, did that first, especially in the food scenes. Uh, but uh, you know, I, I think it's it becomes very simple to do things like that when the writing is good. And so from the moment I looked at this script, it became very clear that Stanley is not just one thing. I think you believe him to be one thing or one kind of character, especially early on. And you think, I know who that is. I know that that kind of sidekick, wisecracking, funny, smart character. But then it starts to fracture and, and be deconstructed as you go. And it's uh, like Neil was talking about his character before. It's like life. And so if you just sort of put your feet into the ground, whether it be campy comedy or very serious business, it's all the same thing. 
And so the, all, all my job was is just to try to play it as real as possible and uh, just sort of thank my lucky stars I got to work with these beautiful people. Yeah. Mm. I, I think, you know, similar for you, Emerson, in into what Brooks was just saying, you're also playing this character that at the beginning feels like one thing and goes on this real journey of self-realization with himself. But it's interesting because there's lots of details peppered in where he he does make comments about, you know, wishing that he'd had something like Michael and Colin had before the breakup. And so we do see those little inklings. So knowing that you were carrying him to a place of self-reflectiveness later in the season, right. how did you approach kind of the undercurrent of that that's already starting to rumble within him throughout the season? Well, I think it's it's almost in contrast to what Brooks just said, where where his character knows he's more than just how he presents. I think in a way, Billy thinks he is one thing and he's highly confident and myopically focused on being this this one thing. He's very proud of how he lives his life. He makes no apologies for it. Um, he does it in a way that's sensitive and sweet, sometimes narcissistic. But I think as he goes on, those threads and, and those layers start to peel back for him. And he starts to discover more about himself emotionally that maybe he's not this, this one thing, this one track that he thinks he is. He allows himself to become a little more open and complicated and curious about other things he may want in life that he, you know, hasn't allowed himself to think he may want. And, and, Part of that is just becoming more mature, like we all do in life. And part of that is just taking in what's going on around. Yeah. And and for you, Tuck, as well, you know, you're you have this wonderful challenge in playing Colin from the moment of a breakup and playing a character who really doesn't often feel comfortable saying what he's thinking and what he's feeling emotionally out loud. And so I was interested in what the challenges were in, in playing a character like that through the season where we're seeing him in the aftermath of a relationship and in a place where he's kind of very much closing down on, on saying a lot of things out loud to his, his former partner um, and how you still manage to make sure that you were encapsulating everything that he's going through emotionally in his own journey as well on the side. Well, yeah, it's a it's a real challenge to reconcile the behavior of a guy who breaks up with his partner of 17 years with no explanation. I mean, what kind of guy does that? And yet Colin does that very thing. And he has a reason. Um, but he's not uh, he's not able to articulate it or, or or desires to articulate it until later in the season. Um, but yeah, it's, it's hard to tap into empathy for a guy like that. But, you know, th there's that phrase you know, most men lead lives of quiet desperation. And a lot of times people never stop living that life. And sometimes, you know, you give yourself an ultimatum and say, I, I, I need to stop what I'm currently doing and blow it all up. And sometimes it's for the better and sometimes it's for the worse, but at least you go through it rather than around it. Because if you try to go around it, it's gonna eventually gonna bite you in the rear anyway. So you kind of run into life and find out what you're made of. You know, and, and coming back to you, Darren and, and Jeffrey as well, I mean, you've got such an incredible cast playing these supporting characters and in a relatively short amount of time in each episode, you're really servicing the storyline and details of each of these characters so fully. Um, and so how did you set about looking at the arc that Michael was going on as, as the central main plot point of the show and then how that would influence these different individual journeys of, of growth and progression and self-reflection that you wanted different supporting characters to be going on either along Inside him or different characters being a couple steps behind someone else at different points as well it was hard <laughs> super super hard no I mean it was no we were you articulated very well that's we were we 
we're trying to maximize our storytelling and tell stories economically as possible. We, we had an amazing cast that we, you know, wanted to use, and we were, we, you know, we were thinking of all those things. We wanted, make, we wanted the show to be complex and super entertaining at the same time. We certainly didn't want anyone to end up where they started out. So everybody, him first and foremost, but everybody had to advance. Everybody had to go through something. Um, and I, for me, I was particularly moved by, by Billy's, uh, again, by the end, where he's just so, so unconscious about taking that number from that guy you know which upends his whole life yeah. yes just just forgets just is and i thought that was just really for me one of the most heartbreaking moments in that episode mm -hmm. it is and and talking a little bit about the central relationship between colin and michael for you, Neil and Tuck, I was interested in how you approached creating that really incredibly rich history and backstory between the two of them. But with the fact that there is the element that the first time we meet them in the show is them going through a breakup. And so it's in the aftermath in these awkward encounters where the vulnerability or, you know, being angry about a dog and these sorts of details are what's telling us what their relationship was like before everything imploded for the two of them. Well, we've all been through breakups, whether you're the breakup E or the breakup er. And I've had four significant intimate relationships in my life. And uh, two times I got dumped. And I think the the reason that I got dumped is those guys were morons. Um, because I got fun and kind and, and all around great guys. So I got back together with those guys to prove that to them. And then we broke up again. But I think what happens is these guys run into each other and they, the moments that they share when they run into each other aren't just one thing. It's not just awful. And it's not just longing. It's like we've been saying throughout this, this whole symposium, it's like running into life and it's not all one thing. And so the, the path forward isn't really clear because you get tugged in, in many different ways. I think it's true. I think a lot of your questions have, have been so spot on in that you are acknowledging that when you see uh, these characters, they're either individuals that seem singular or they're archetypes that should be singular. And then as, as the writing and the show progresses, they expand. And so I think that speaks, that speaks really well to the series as a whole. I'm proud that it, that it includes sort of gay men of a certain age, not just being the funny sidekick or the I'm too old to have sex now, I'm mm. a dusty old man archetype, right? So we're going uh, against stuff. But I just enjoyed that playing with, with these episodes with Tuck were great because he's the antagonist. He is the villain until you learn more about him. And we live a life where someone calls you and they're upset about something and they tell you a story and you as the person hearing hate the person that they're talking about without context you only know them as the villain and it's only when you dig a little deeper and you learn a little bit more that you realize that it's more contextual and a bit more nuanced than you thought and so the fact that 
you recognize that and that we're able to accomplish that in a half hour comedy, <laughs> it, it, it says a lot. It makes me happy. Yeah. Well, I really, really genuinely loved the entire season and it's such a testament to the, both the writing and the incredible performances that you've all brought to the table. So thank you so much to all of you for talking about it. Really appreciate your time today. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you.